0: welcome back to another episode of the Scranton Talks podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Desiree, and I'm so glad you can join us again for another episode. Are you an aspiring filmmaker? Do you love film? Or are you new to filmmaking? Or do you just love podcasts in general? Scranton Talks is the podcast for you. It is full of inspirational, informative, and fun talks with filmmakers and other creatives about their projects and their journeys. Scranton Talks is part of the Independent Film Creative Hub based in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hosts Luz Cabrales and myself. Founded the Independent Film Creative Hub, which is geared to help filmmakers reach their potential in becoming successful creative artists, and I'm so glad you can join us for another episode. It's been crazy busy. (laughs) Um, If you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, I'm sure you noticed we didn't have a talk in April. Uh, We usually do uh, one talk a month. Um, That's our goal. With a filmmaker or creative about their journeys, but we didn't have any in April, but now we have like four in May So <laughs> so it's been busy, but it's good um, But um, we did have an event uh, An in-person event uh, A couple of my friends and I back in 2019 formed the NEPA film society and we did a lot of networking events um, Unfortunately with the pandemic we had to put that on hold while we did try to do some networking events through zoom Um, With myself and Liz being busy getting the Independent Film Creative Hub up and running and doing these talks, I had to put a hiatus on that a little bit. But since the pandemic has relatively calmed down, we're not out of the woods yet, but we were comfortable enough to bring back our indie filmmaker meetups in person again. So on April 30th, we met at Black Watch Cafe in Scranton, which was great. It was a beautiful day and we got to sit on the back porch that they have. So if you're ever in Scranton... Be sure to check out Black Watch Cafe. It's an awesome coffee shop and it really looks like it came out of Lure of the Rings. <laughs> if that gives you anything, like it's a hobbit coffee shop, but I don't want to put words in. I mean, it's a cute coffee shop. It's very unique and it's at Nayak Park, so it was great. It was such a nice day and we had about 10 people come out and network and meet each other and talk about projects and what they do and how we can help each other uh, foster independent filmmaking here in the area of Northeast Pennsylvania. So that was great. So we hope to have those on a consistent basis in the future maybe not once a month but maybe every other month or twice or every two months but um i'm thinking we might have the next one in july so be sure to check that out um, in the future Um, we've done a lot of scranton talks for may Um, we did a special star wars day talk which will be dropping on the podcast very, very soon. Um, You can check out the video of it on Facebook and YouTube. And we were so excited. Um, We thought we were just going to talk about Star Wars with a couple of our friends and filmmakers. And then we got Daniel Roebuck to be on the show, which was great. Um, It was awesome. He's such a sweet, wonderful man. I hope you check that video out. And we'll have the podcast of it very soon. Um, We'll be having another Scranton Talks. On May 19th at 7:15 p.m. Eastern live on Facebook and YouTube of the producers and hosts of the Libby show And then we have another one in the works on May 23rd at 7:15 p.m. Eastern So be sure to check tune in live on Facebook and YouTube if you can't Don't worry We'll have the videos up on Facebook and YouTube after and then the audio on the podcast as usual that we have it here But for this episode Luce and I had the chance to chat with the filmmakers of the Rose Garden back on May 1st. The filmmakers Nidheya Suresh, Rhea Patel, and Kankana Charcobordi joined forces to create the Rose Garden. Together, Nidheya, Kankana, and Rhea have won over 50 awards in national and international film festivals. Nidheya had collaborated with Kankana in her award-winning film, Ma, and with Rhea in her award-winning film, Bandit. The Rose Garden is the story of two estranged Indian American sisters who are forced to come together upon the sudden and tragic death of their parents. It's a story that deals with grief, mental health issues, and above all sisterhood. The Rose Garden was selected as a finalist at the prestigious ScreenCraft Film Fund. The Rose Garden aims to expand the way South Asians are depicted in media beyond the usual stereotypes. They also aim to bring Conversations about mental health to the forefront, as this is often brushed under the table in our community. It is important to see its impact from multiple perspectives. They did launch a crowdfunding campaign on Spark in the middle of April to raise funds for the production and post-production of this film, which will begin filming in the summer of 2022. Um, You can follow The Rose Garden on their social media platforms. And check out their page on Seed&Spark if you want to donate. We'll have that in the description of the podcast episode. Um, As I'm recording this podcast episode now, uh, the ladies of the Rose Garden did make their goal on Seed&Spark, which is awesome. Uh, This week they made the requirement, uh, which is like 80% to be green lighted on Seed&Spark. They made that and then they fully met their goal of $12,000 this week. So congratulations to the team of the Rose Garden. They made their goal and now they're making stretch goals. But if you want to donate to this awesome independent film, check out their seed and spark. They're still raising money. They have a couple days left in their campaign. So be sure to check that out. And without further ado, Luce and I sat down with the filmmakers of the Rose Garden.
1: All right, ladies, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank we, you.
2: Thank
1: you. We have Ria, uh, Nidhea, and um, K- K- Kenna. Uh, you know what's going to happen. I'm going to butcher your names, so I apologize. <laughs> uh, but uh, thank you so much for being here. We're very excited. Yeah, thanks, guys,
2: so much. Thank yeah, you for having you. us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, these ladies right here are wonderful filmmakers, uh, we have an actress, we have a dancer, writer, directors, and they have launched a campaign on Students Park. Uh, and I'm going to be a little slow putting stuff on the screen, but I will eventually put it on uh, right here uh, where we're going to talk about this for the Rose Garden Film uh, campaign on Students Park. But before we do that, uh, we're going to get a little bit into the background of our filmmakers and learn more about them uh, so we can hopefully inspire some filmmakers, uh, whether they're veteran filmmakers or they're just getting started. And uh, they can tell us more about how they got started uh, In just uh, inspire uh, one another. Uh, so we're going to kick it off, and I'm going to put uh, Nitea on the spotlight. And we're going to talk to her first about how you are an award-winner, director, writer. You created a short film that went on to... Uh, many festivals in um, sort of, it might be the inspiration for the next campaign. So we'll talk about that,
3: but uh, tell us how you got started as a filmmaker. So initially, I just, uh, I wanted to just be a screenwriter. So I moved to LA in 2014 to pursue an MFA in screenwriting from New York Film Academy. And uh, after I finished that, I was just like waiting around trying to find writing work. And I realized I'm I'm a novice, like I'm not just going to find it like that. So I decided to start creating my own work. And uh, back then, I had a. Uh, I was working in an internship, and I met my my friend Alan Williams, and the two of us started. Uh, I'm like one day, I'm like, okay, why don't we just make a movie together? Let's do that. Like, why are we just waiting around for an opportunity? Let's like, just make it. And uh, the two of us, like, we just like poured our heads and ideas and everything into it, and made our first film, ID Fix, and. Uh, since then like we collaborated on and off on a few projects and yeah that's pretty much how it's been i never thought i would direct or produce because i always just wanted to write even now when i introduce myself i'm like i'm a writer and then i'm like also a director and producer <laughs> you know and that's how no,
1: that no. started out. Right. yeah and, and that's very interesting how you say that uh because a lot of times we get into this industry thinking that we're gonna do just one thing right mm-hmm. and then uh, out of necessity sometimes we have to do Three things. Uh, so, as far as you uh, <laughs> approaching this as a writer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, since you said this is what I wanted to do, how did um how did that transition go about? Uh, in the sense of you talked a little bit about that, but just in your head, you were were you a little scared that oh my goodness, maybe I'm gonna be something else, or maybe I can combine all these skills. Uh, how did that go about in in, in for you as a writer?
3: Oh, I was very scared because I've always had this image of directors being like hard asses. And I, I just I just I kept talking and I'm too friendly. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I didn't know if I had the personality to do it. And I was very scared. And we were very fortunate, Alan and I, for our first movie that we met, like a great team of uh, cinematograph the camera team. And they kind of introduced us to everyone else, like, the entire, like uh, our producers. Everyone else kind of came through them. And they were very nice. They were very sweet. Mm -hmm. And uh, that really helped. So I think experience and time, even when I did Tabitha, my second movie, I didn't really think I still was like, I didn't consider myself a director at that point either. I'm like, I'm just doing this to make the movie. I'm just doing to put my work out there. And it was with Ma, the movie that I collaborated with Kankana, that uh, I did it entirely by myself. I wrote, directed, produced it all on my own. And I, I like sometime along that process where I'm like, wait, I actually enjoyed this. You know, this is fun. I enjoyed. And it's, and uh, I started like, when I used to write. I used to not just write for like, oh, I want to tell the story. I would like look at it from like technical and like financial, all the other angles as well.
1: That's, that's very, very good, very good. We'll get yeah. more into that, uh, but I'll let Desiree with the next question and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. Well, the next
2: question is for Kantana. You are an actress and filmmaker, so tell us how you got started. Which came first, actress or filmmaker? Is it the other way around?
4: It was uh, filmmaking first. It was being a director was first. Um, and my story is way too wacko. Like, I, I wanted to be an economist, but then I Got into this thing because I was a fanatic of a Bollywood actor. And I didn't even know what movies are. I didn't even know what scenes are. And I just used to watch all his films. And I just wanted to think, like, hey, what can I do so that I can meet him one day, you know? And so after my high school, I just applied for the colleges that had journalism and mass communication because I thought if I'm a journalist, maybe one day I'll see him. And one of the uh, end semesters, like the ending semester, had documentary filmmaking. And that's when I realized that I thoroughly enjoy, enjoy, enjoy doing this. And uh, my first was a documentary film, uh, a film on violence against women. And luckily, I got to work with that actor in my very first film. So uh, fanaticism kind of turned into a passion for me. It's a very weird story, but it's true. So, um, yeah, and since then it started. And then after filmmaking was done, I kind of wanted to study acting because I felt like it just would give me a better vocabulary to direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I fell in love with acting. So I kind of continued doing both. So, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, And um, I,
1: th- I saw, I mean, I might be uh, mistaken. I just want to make sure. Are you talking about a nomad river? Is that the documentary that you're speaking of? No, no, that-,
4: that that I was just an actor in it. But the documentary that I had done was on violence against women. It, okay. it kind of highlighted the point that in India, when men pray to goddesses, then why do they pray upon women? So it's called Women Prayed and Prayed Upon. Okay. and um yeah gone. that that was yeah that was done in 2012 and so yeah
1: oh okay if yeah no man people i'm sorry before you say if you're able to share that at uh, or even a trailer or anything uh we yeah, will yeah. We'll put it on the on absolutely the absolutely on the, screen, on the comments that way absolutely. people are aware it sounds a very, like a very interesting document yeah so sounds fascinating yeah. go right ahead and uh A Nomad River, which I
4: saw a trailer for. Yeah, A Nomad River was uh, done by a friend of mine, and he was kind of approached by this uh, Isha Foundation, uh, Sadhguru. They did rally for rivers in India, all over India, because they were kind of trying to say that the rivers are drying up in India. And so he was approached uh, by the team, and he's like, see, this is a national event like every single news channel is going to cover it so what else am I going to show in it so he kind of approached me and a couple of other friends and we wanted to make it into a docu and we just wanted to show that India was known for the culture the music and uh, the rivers and they're all drying up you know and we know it we acknowledge it but we kind of want to run away from it because we don't have a solution for it so it's a docu So my character is basically the fiction part of it. And she uh, wants to be an actress, and she kind of run, runs away from home because it's not appreciated in her house. But then after a long time gap, she has to come back to India to prepare for a role that she's really trying hard for. And she doesn't even inform her family that she's back home. You know, she stays with the classical teacher and she gets trained there and she sees the family of the classical teacher every morning and she sees that families can also be defined in a different way, not just the way that has Bryn Bawr been. So, and then like... Things happen, she loses the job that she was trying so hard for, but now from here, where do they go? What's home for her? So it's a, it's a beautiful character that kind of blends in with the fact that things are drying up, but until unless you acknowledge and try to find a solution for it, it's never going to solve on its own. So that's why it's oh. called a Nomad River. Cool. Yeah.
1: I saw the trailer and I thought it was a documentary, so it's actually a film. Um, it's, it's a docufiction, very-
4: yeah, it's a docufiction.
1: Cool. I don't think yeah. I've, um, I'm familiar with those, so I'm definitely gonna be watching just because I th- I thought it. I can, awesome. yeah, absolutely.
4: It's on Amazon and Apple TV and everywhere, so I think I can send you the link for it.
1: Okay, perfect. And I, I do have the trailer, so I might show it at the end as well, uh, just so we can show a couple things. Um,
4: I look completely but, uh, different in that, for sure.
1: Oh, well, that's good. You're an actress, right? You have to, uh, <laughs>
4: Yeah.
2: yeah. So yeah. What are probably thinking it's like mockumentary kind of thing. I guess we've known people who've done mockumentaries.
1: Yeah it's it was just the way they shot it it was very uh, very doc. um like you said docufiction yeah. you know i'm going to docufiction
4: word now. yeah yeah <laughs> it's a docu-fiction. even my first was a docu-fiction because a couple of okay. victims uh, the rape victims and all like we kind of showed like how women suffer even before they are born till mm-hmm. the point that uh, they die and in a contrast in india all the idols are made by men and they kind of like it's a joyous it's it's a big festivity Then why right. when it's turned from an idol to a human being are you right. so eager to end the life so uh, even that's a docu because most of them did share their story but they didn't want to come in front of the camera so we kind of oh, had right. to like uh, fictionize it so yeah
1: Oh, very interesting, very interesting. All right, we'll come back to a couple things uh, that you have been an actress in. Um, For Rhea, I want to ask you, um, I have have like a thing here that I want to read because it was was very interesting. So you are an Australian Indian actress, dancer, and writer, okay? Uh, You graduated from New York Film Academy with a bachelor's in acting and also studied at Victorian College of the Arts in Australia. I wanted to read that because I thought it was very cool that you have that combination of actress, dancer, and writer. And um, tell me a little bit about that and how you got started, maybe what came first. um, What is your your strength that you want to uh, pursue more uh, or is it equal?
5: Yeah, um, so the way I love to explain it is um, dancing is my first love, acting is my true love, and writing is my baby um so I started off as a dancer and I think that that's what gave me the foundation of an artist and um I grew up watching Bollywood movies because my mom so I loved <laughs> I loved watching films I just wanted to know more about it and um I coming from a South Asian culture acting wasn't really a career it was more of a hobby so I never thought of it like oh I can actually go to school to study this but um you know at school I would take like drama classes I was in the school place so slowly I you know, grew the courage to ask my parents if I could have a degree in acting, and they were very supportive. Uh, my mom was the one who actually uh, encouraged me to audition for schools overseas, um, and then I, yeah, I got into New York Film Academy. I studied in VCA, the College of the Arts, uh, during my high school years, and then uh, yeah, well, after high school finished, I ended up moving to the states and getting a degree there. Um, and yeah, I think writing came about, um, as actors were often told like, don't wait around for that opportunity. Don't wait for that phone call. So, um, you know, I enjoyed writing. It was a hobby. It wasn't something that I really wanted to pursue. It wasn't a goal, but I'd reached a point where I was tired of auditioning and waiting around. So it was, to me, it was like a way to empower myself to create the characters and the stories that I wanted to tell. Um, So I'm yeah. The reason why I say it's like a baby to me, it's like when someone critiques your writing, it's a little bit more like, oh, how could you say that? Um, As opposed to acting, like I, you know, I, I think of it like I'm, I'm here to help you with your vision. You're my director. Tell me what you want me to do. Um, So yeah, acting is still like you know, like I said, my true love. That's what I want to be doing. But uh, writing and dancing, I'm very grateful for the two of them. And it just, those things kind of ebb and flow into my life. Um, but, I'm, you know, but yeah, I'm passionate about all three of them. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Yeah. I just put myself yeah. on mute because uh, my cat is
5: roaming <laughs> around.
1: That's very interesting. That's very, very nice. Uh, it's just the way you said, because um, again, we, it seems like you all have multiple skills that skill sets, you know, you're not just a director, you're not just a writer, uh, you are more than that, right, and, um, how do you, uh, balance that out, um, when, uh, when it comes down to getting projects, right, uh, if you're looking for something like just dancing or actors, like, how do you, I guess, break it down in the sense of opportunities that come along your way, uh, if you want to, uh, without making the question too long, just how do you break that down when it comes to additions? Maybe someone is in the same position that you are, that's watching, that is um, all three, and um, just just to get better at, at their craft.
5: Yeah, um, so I guess right now my goal is solely acting. And when it comes to dancing, um, I've been very blessed. I think those opportunities still come to me and they just they come to me without me even trying. So I I guess because when people look on my website, they see my resume, um, naturally they'll be like, hey, we're looking for a dancer, would you like to do this project? So um, I think because I started off as that and they see my credits, um, I guess it easily comes to me those opportunities Um, or because I've been doing it for so long as well, when I do have to audition, I don't have to think about it too much. And, I yeah, so dancing is more of a, like I said, like, ebb and flow sort of a thing. Writing, um, I don't – if I have an idea, I'll work on it, but usually I'll step back from it. And sometimes, like, I've worked on my own projects for, like, years, and I'm like, oh, I can come back to it now. Um, Just because sometimes it's exhausting to me um, to continue working on it, and I need to, like, take a break from it so I can come back with a fresh perspective. I'm sure only there I can understand, like – when I read my work over and over again, like I, can't, I hit a point where I'm like, "This is awful. Why would I write something like this?" So it's nice to take a break from it and come back to it. Um, and then also the way, especially with writing and acting, um, it helps. Like they both help each other. Like as a as an actor, like I'm able to understand. When I'm able to pick up other people's scripts. I can figure out where are my beats. Like what is the writer wanting? Or oh, when I'm writing, I also like to write. For the actor, if that makes sense, um, mm-hmm. like what would their objective be here? What is their goal? What is what is their core wound? What does my character want? Um, so it all intersects. I don't necessarily, um, you know, be like okay, from the first three months of the week the, uh, of the year, I'm going to focus just on acting. Um, it's it's just finding. I think you just feel it out, Um, you know, whatever project comes to you in that moment, that's what you're going to focus on. Uh, Right now, I'm actually taking a break from writing, Um, just focusing on acting, Um, but, you know, maybe once, if there's not a lot of auditioning or if I'm not acting, I I might pick up, you know, I might start writing a script again. So it's just feeling it out and um, finding that balance between the three. Very good, very good.
1: Um, we are going. Uh, you know, I'm gonna try to see if I if I'm able to share uh, some stuff on the screen while you talk. Um, you know, um, all of you. But I know Desiree. Uh, we're gonna bring it to the Rose Garden Film. How you all met, uh, and just how you all three came together to you know, to be in this place. Uh, so I'll, I'll, well, I'll try to get my media here and that's right go right ahead.
2: Yeah, so we're going to segue into talking about The Rose Garden. Um, for everyone, it is a tale of two estranged sisters who are forced to come together after the sudden and tragic death of their parents. If uh, media, if you want to talk a little bit about the film, if you want to get into um, the Seed and Spark crowdfunding campaign, how that's going in the process, because I know a lot of people out there Want to make a film and they need money as like, obvious reasons. So like the process is seems to work really a good platform for people to use. So
3: yeah, the rose garden, as Desiree said, is a story of two sisters, two Indian American sisters who are estranged. and They come together when their parents die tragically. Um, the story is about like the grief they deal with after their parents die. It's about mental health issues and also about the relationship between the sisters and how they try to overcome their long years long issues so i decided to launch this crowdfunding campaign because i'm like i want to this movie i felt so passionately about it that I knew that I needed more resources than I could personally come up with. And I thought crowdfunding was a great way to do it. I'd heard about Seed&Spark uh, from a lot of people. And even Rhea told me to go with Seed&Spark. And they're wonderful. I'm telling you, they are so nice. They're so helpful. Uh, you Once you like, set up your project and you enter all your information, they give you feedback and they work with you until they think the, and uh, the project is ready to go live. And uh, they also say that the number, the, most of the people who do listen to their feedback and go uh, along with it are the ones who face that success in uh, like their campaigns are successful. So we launched on 18th of April and uh, today is uh, almost 15 days. Like, so they say 16 days left on that. So uh, two weeks, but we already raised 63% of our total funds. That is amazing. I cannot believe it. That's fantastic. It is. I I like. I go to sleep uh, telling myself, like, I can't believe this is actually happening to me, that people want to support this project. It's It's just mind-blowing uh, how amazing and supportive people have been. And it's only two weeks, like I'm telling you, it's two weeks and we're already here. And we need to reach at least 80% to be able to get the fund, so we hope we reach that green light stage very soon. Oh, I think you will. I mean, this is this is amazing. I
1: I, I was, you know, since we uh, started uh, talking about this, I was just looking at it. I saw it when it was zero dollars, you know. So I saw that, and I was like, uh, "All right." And then. I don't know I came in like maybe a week after and it was like you know blowing up so this is good this means that yeah. people believe in your project and um it, it is it's just really great um have you seen that is is people that know you or have you seen people that don't know you and they just see that uh, the powerful um message that this uh, film is going to have I think it's
3: a mix of both. Uh, Of of course, it started out with like our people in our close network. And uh, recently I saw a few people who I don't know personally. And uh, I also tried to, I'm like, did they find it through the campaign website? Or did they find it through like shared from like my friends, friends or something? And they told me that they actually found it. Through the campaign website because we were listed in the staff space last week, I think the last previous week, and that was like one of the biggest things for me. I'm like people I don't know are coming forward and putting money into this and believing in the project. Like that, just that was like I don't know, dream come true moment, I guess.
1: No, that's I mean that's definitely, and yeah. it, it is what every filmmaker should know that I mean it's not going to happen right right away, right? right? But if you keep at it, I mean to be honest, I've seen. I've seen this and just, uh, and, and we'll, we'll move on, um, to, for the next question, uh, that will go with this, but just the way you have it all set up, uh, it really does tell people what, what, what the project's about and not just what it is, but why. Uh, so I'm going to leave that to, uh, Kankana and just ask her, um, how do you get involved in this project? And I know you work, uh, uh, on another film before and we're going to show it, um. Just tell me how you got involved, and why do you think this is gonna be uh, this is important for people to pledge and and give money to this uh, campaign.
4: Well, I think like uh, after uh, my shorts were done, like Nidhi, I loved working with her first of all on Ma, and because uh, I think she hit the right chord for me, which was like I, I honestly believe as a filmmaker that it's always hard to say a simple story and it's always hard to write really good interpersonal relationships because then everything else the jazz kind of takes over and the relationships are out the window but i think nadia has always uh been able to do that well and uh we used to like talk and then she had said about she had mentioned about this project and she did mention once before that she really wanted to work with both ria and i and like in a project together and She had sent the draft, and we read it, and it was way back, right, Nadia? Like it was, it was like before the pandemic, right? And so, like uh, we had one, I think, reading, and I had just left Los Angeles, and I think Ria was still in LA. I've lost track of it, but uh, that's how we started, and I fell in love with the script even at at the very early on, and then we spoke about we had our notes. worked on that and even the last like couple of months back we had another reading and we still had some notes so she's constantly uh, working on it as all writers do because the film is not made and it's just out there you know and um why am i doing this it's because or why is this film important it's more than just sisterhood it's more than, it, than just, like, mental illness. It's it's all about, you know, like, forgiving. And it's okay to not be so harsh on... Uh, from my character's perspective, at least, it's okay to not be so uh, hard on yourself. It's okay to say that, hey, I need help. Like, I can't do this all by myself all the freaking time. And it's about forgiving for me. It's about letting your guards down. It's about not bringing all the time your past experiences or sufferings in the present moment and then be blinded by it to such an extent that you don't see the beauty that's right in front of you you know it's you miss that moment because you're so caught up in the past so it's more than sisterhood Yes, it deals with mental illness, which is a taboo in our community, in every community I feel, not just in Indian community, but I feel this film is so universal because of the other facts that I felt like this afternoon, I was just like, what do I say? Because I am really bad with such these things and I'm like, okay, so what do I say so that I don't sound stupid? And that's when I realized that, oh, my God, this film is so much more. Because until this point, I didn't have a vocabulary to express as to why am I doing this film? You know, I knew it, that it's somewhere there. But I think, like, now I know it, that what connects uh, me the most to this. And uh, these are the things. Because this is what we do in our daily life. We are so caught up in the past that when happiness appears, we just don't see them. You know, we and we are to be blamed for our own griefs up to a certain extent because we choose to continue carrying that burden that we can put it down at times and, you know, rest for a while and then take it forward. So, yeah, those are the several reasons. And I, I think I, as I said, Nadia is a hard ass director, the picture that she had in her mind, but she just doesn't realize it. So, it's great for us. But uh, I can't wait to work with Ria. Uh, so this is our first working together. So that's going to be exciting. So yeah, these are the reasons. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, very
1: cool. Uh, I think it's I, I skipped you, Rhea, but I know that's where I had a question for you. And then I will uh, bring it back. Uh, no, I, I do.
2: Now, touching I, on with the Rose Garden, one of the themes is about mental health. Um, it, it, it's, this question is really directed to either one of you, whoever wants to start of touching on the stigma of mental health in the South Asian and Indian community, and kind of give people perspective of what is that like, because I know with us being in the United States, there is a stigma of mental health that's not really talked about. We're getting better, but it's still such a a hard subject if you want to touch on what it's like in your community that you're seeing.
5: yeah. I think cuz I used to go get therapy and school counseling when I was in high school and I was petrified to tell my parents and when I did um they were so concerned they felt like they had um not raised me correctly that they had not loved me enough and I think what's really important that this film shows is that you know whoever it's someone in your family or if they're friends if you if they're seeing therapy um they're seeking help. It does not mean that you are inadequate with raising your child. Like there's nothing wrong with you as a parent. Um, Sometimes you need to seek help and that's absolutely okay. And what the film does is that it normalizes it, that so not only does it encourage the person who's suffering to go seek help, but for people around you to also feel like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me right now. There's nothing more I can do. The most I can do is just support them and allow them to go get that help. Um, So that's, I think, especially within the South Asian community, um, and like I said, like, you know, in so many other communities, um, it affects everybody else because they feel like that they did do something right in helping you feel better. But sometimes it's not about you. <laughs> um, yeah, and, um, and, and also just I think there's also we tend to feel that if we haven't gone through a huge trauma like if someone's passed away or if you you went through an accident or something that you don't have a right to go seek um to go seek help that uh it has to be something huge and only then you have a right to express your feelings but sometimes you do it's okay to go um if small things have happened sometimes it is like small things that start affecting your daily life and you do need to seek um help and uh, that's also something that the film does is like whether you're clinically depressed or not or whether it's just small things that have added up to, for you to feel anxiety or depression or whatever it is like you have every right to go ask for help because I think we tend to feel like oh my problems aren't big enough or um, I'm I can I'm fine I can handle this I can talk to my friend I can talk to my mom about this but it's okay if it's been something small and it's affecting you um, so yeah I'd say like yeah, in terms of mental health in our community, like, the main two things are us feeling that uh, it's, not a, it's not a big deal, like we haven't gone through something huge so we can't go, um, or um, we can't go because everyone around us is going to feel bad that they didn't help us from the beginning. Um, so I think the film does that and that's what our mission is with Rose Garden. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And um, so um, Nidhea, uh,
1: to touch on that and just um, how you came about to do this story, to write this story, uh, right? Um, we usually, you know, if, if we write something is, you know, we put in a lot of experiences that we've had or maybe something you have witnessed or, you know, something you love. Um, so your process in writing, um, maybe tell us a little bit about how you do that, or, or even if we do it for this uh, particular one, how you wrote it and how you are plan to do, uh, to direct it. If it's gonna be a little bit different approach, and or maybe how how you can
2: combine this. So when
3: it comes to stories for me, just in general, I—I mean, this was a very recent realization, by the way. I like—I was just thinking of a random scenario, and that just like gave me an idea for a movie. And that's when I realized I'm like sometimes it's like it's like the like an argument or a conversation that I have with. friend or family member and that kind of sparks an idea in my head like oh this could be a story a lot of times it's like wish fulfillment not this one obviously but uh, there are projects where I'm like oh I didn't like how this turned out in my life so I'm gonna write a script where it turned out like, differently my life turned out differently I guess but with the rose garden I've always like wanted to write something about your sisters uh, I love writing about family I'm very close to my family so I love writing about like family dynamics and i find sibling relationships in general very fascinating even with my own sister like we are arguing and screaming at each other at one point and the next moment like two hours later we're just sitting and making a joke and my mom walks in and she's like i can't understand you guys like how do you go from like zero to hundred like that so easily so i've always been fascinated by that and uh, the origin for the story i mean it was just floating around in my head for a while and then i known Kankana for longer. And then I met Rhea for another project we did together. And that's when, like, I'm like, wait, I have my second sister. And uh, the pandemic started. So I started working on it seriously because I was, like, in a writer's group. And that's how this story came about. And I've always wanted to deal with, like, mental health stuff because, like Rhea said, there in our community, it is a thing where, like, people around you start blaming your, themselves if you are uh, if you were feeling a certain way or if you have uh, suffering from some kind of mental health issue there they ask you stuff like but you're a very happy person you're a very confident person why do you still go through this in fact my own dad has asked me that once I'm like I don't I mean I suffer yes. from anxiety I'm Like, I don't know I was just born this way I guess and uh, so it's like it's just a thing and, but I'm very fortunate with my family like if I'm overwhelmed with something or going through something that's like too much uh, my parents always encourage me to go see my therapist they're like you know just go talk to her so you can feel better so there's always a positive reinforcement uh, with us in our family so i wanted to explore that and i wanted to see it in a different way like how uh, uh, south asian characters are depicted in media so i wanted to show like how being indian influences their life in their day-to-day decisions the food they have at home and everything like that but it's not like an all-consuming thing if that makes sense like a more like a normal day-to-day life but focusing on this issue. No, no, but that's good that you
1: bring that up because uh, you obviously have a, you know, a background, a culture, you know, you, uh, were you uh, born in the United States or were you born uh, out of the country?
3: So I was born in India. I moved here in 2014.
1: Perfect. So, so tell me about that, just that interaction that you're coming from a specific culture and and now you have to learn another one and now you have to combine. Does that help you with your writing? Does that help you meeting people, meeting new cultures? I mean, you're pretty much in the heart of, there's so many cultures in LA, right? Uh, So how do you deal with that as far as an artist, you know, in your, in that?
3: I really found it fascinating because uh, when growing up in India, being in Indian for like what, 21 years of my life, I didn't think too much of being an Indian because everyone around me was the same thing. And then I moved here and uh, like you said, everyone, it's a very diverse culture. So my grad school, everyone was from like, halfway across the world so i had a very nice diverse learning experience and that also informed the way i write like i picked up uh, so many things like uh, we talk about like one of my friends was from nigeria and i'm from india and we talk about our cultures and they're so similar so that kind of stuff like the way we write i'm like oh i didn't know you guys thought the same way that we do so that's um, really fascinating and i do try to blend like the indianness of it and the americanness of it in the story too because they're indian-american characters but uh, I feel like they're very secure in their Indian upbringing. No,
1: that, that's great, and that goes for uh, same Ria, uh, I can care. Just what um, what does meeting new cultures do for your artistic vision? Uh, it, or not even you know, just just even different languages. Uh, I'm not sure if you know more than one language, uh, but uh, probably like I know Spanish, I know English. I'm sure you know other languages. So how does that uh, help you, Ria? It can care. Whoever wants to, uh. Uh, whoever wants to do it. Uh, I told you I was going to say uh, uh, your name wrong, but um, just how, how does it help you as an artist and, and how does it help you enhance
5: your skills, you know? Um, I'll go first, uh, so I also was born in India and then I grew up in Australia, so I know I speak so English, uh, Gujarati, which is my mother tongue, and Hindi. Um, And again, like knowing other languages, it helps me as an actor because, you know, that means there's more projects that are available to me, more roles that I can do. Uh, But also when I'm preparing for a character, sometimes what I tend to do is um, I'll take the script and I will say, if it's like a script in English, I'll say the lines in Gujarati. And sometimes it just has a different feel and I'm able to connect with the character in a different way. And what it also does is I, I once did this scene with a friend of mine who's Spanish. Uh, and uh, we did. Um, I did my scene in Hindi, and he did um, his scene in Spanish. And even though we don't understand each other, that feeling and emotion was still there. So, as an actor, it was so useful to like have that realization that sometimes language doesn't mean anything. It's really just about connecting with the other person, and um, you know what, what's the emotion? Are you listening to each other? Um, so yeah, I, I really think that language has. You know the power to connect um, but, and also bring to awareness of like what is happening with the other person as well. Um, yeah so that's that. Yeah, very, I love. I'm very grateful that I do know more than one language. Yes. Yes. Uh, how about
4: you, uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, I do know Bengali, which is my mother tongue. I know Hindi. I know English. And when I moved back to India, I shifted from my hometown to another city for work. I shifted to Mumbai, and not just. And there, there is like another language which is Marathi because they are Maharashtrian. And I kind of like initial days, I stayed at my friend's house for three months, and I could only hear Marathi, and I understood nothing, and slowly slowly I was like okay if this goes on like I I, w- I, would be present physically but then I would check out from all the conversations and but this one time I kind of wanted to make an attempt to understand and then I picked up that there are so many similar words in that language like in my language and it kind of grew my curiosity and then I started paying more attention and now I understand that language like top to bottom like I can't speak it but I understand it to a point where i was helping a friend of mine uh, with a self-tape and he had a scene where he barely spoke and i was the one speaking all in marathi and i'm like okay you did a great job so yeah it, it helps as a writer as well because i write my stories that i direct and as nydia mentioned uh, i have a friend as well that i sometimes write with and she's mexican And when I was writing a father-daughter story, my last short, and the way she saw things and the way I saw things and the way we do culturally, it was so similar. Like she would read my draft and she would be like, oh my God, we even do the same thing. And it used to only make us feel like, oh gosh, like language, forget language, forget culture, forget ethnicity. These are universal stories. You know, there was this one time, my next feature is about The theme is if you remove language, communication becomes so much more deeper and real and without any filter. And this came to me because when India-China was going through a hard time in 2016, I was in LA and, you know, like it was a very hard time. And for this entire one week, I used to have Uber rides back home late nights and I would only get Chinese rides. And he would know that I'm Indian. I would know that he's Chinese, but... As soon as I entered the car, he would never mention anything about the condition that our countries are in. We would only ask ourselves that, hey, how was your day? Uh, So how long have you been here for? So you realize that when survival becomes the word, everything else is just gone out the window. So there is no distinction. There's no discrimination. There is no problem. It's so easy. Communication just becomes so easy and we both have like broken English and accents are different and we're still understanding each other we are not trying to put on an accent to be understood you know what I mean because it was a real communication so it helps a lot as an actor because India is huge to begin with no one city has the same mannerism language food clothing style everything is different so you pick up a lot of mannerisms and you do realize What Nidhiya was mentioning was like a very famous acting exercise that our teachers used to make us do. Like you, everybody's doing a scene from the same play and everybody's doing it in their own mother tongue. And I remember my classmate was American and he's like, okay, so what do I speak in? And it was just funny, but you do realize that once you're doing that, you're so taken aback and you're not thinking about your next line or how you should be reacting on this line as you have preconceived it. It's all just being in the moment. It's all just listening to the other person and reacting, which is what we are missing in even real lives. Like we barely listen nowadays, we only hear and we are making up, oh, what's gonna be my response to whatever she or he is saying. So I think like when you are put outside of your comfort zone, and you have to survive in different places, which is not your comfort zone, you just become a better listener and you learn the difference between sympathy and empathy. Which is, by the way, I also feel Rose Garden does. It doesn't ask you to sympathize, it just shows you that empathy can exist. You know, you don't have to sympathize because whoever is going through depression or a bad time is not asking for your sympathy. Is just asking for you to empathize. So, yeah, it's a broad, it's a long-winded answer to your question. But I think it helps you in several aspects other than just writing, directing, and acting. It helps you to survive when you are just... It, 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 it teaches you how to adapt and it doesn't mean that you know i'm so sorry i'm gonna take a little bit more time when i should no, no, no. this is great. i was struggling to understand the industry how the heck does it work there is no agent there is no beginning point you're just thrown in the middle of it and you're asked to survive and for the longest time i was like why did i start working in the states first that was maybe a curse for me and all all those jazz and i thought that okay i have to unlearn everything that i've learned but then i realized that you don't have to unlearn anything you just have to close that tab and you just have to open a new tab you know how we do on our laptop and then just get back to it so just go back and forth and you can do that only if you stop resisting change because that's the only thing that's certain in your life right so no, I think Rosadin yeah. touches everything of whatever we are seeing in, in so many deeper levels than just sisterhood and uh mental health and taboos and all. It's very universal. Yeah.
1: No, that, that's, that's a great question. You know, we can, we can talk about that all day. It, it's sort of a, what you're saying is I have experienced that, you know, I uh, being Mexican-American and being in a small town, I have lived in the city. I have seen, you know, two completely different cultures that mm-hmm. they, they sort of combine each other, but yeah. they're also completely different right yeah. And, yeah. and you have to as a filmmaker you have to be able to get out of your comfort zone uh if you're a writer if you're an actress just to be able to see it from a different perspective um yeah so that's that's why this talk is great not that we're all women and we're powerful women here <laughs> uh, but yeah. we want to make sure that if someone out there is feeling um you know that maybe they're misunderstood or they want to tell a story. I mean, just look at these uh, three filmmakers here. That they're they're making a difference, and in, in, in this this uh, film is is definitely gonna break um, uh, the stereotypes and all that. Um, I'm gonna let Desiree ask the last question just on the film, and then. This is something that's never happened before. We have like 30 comments here. So hopefully there are questions. And then um, we'll go to them that way uh, we can get the audience uh, connected
2: and and go over there. Yeah, through um, the Rose Garden film, what do you hope to see changed in the entertainment industry in regards to how South Asians and Indians are portrayed in film and television? What do you hope to see in the future?
3: to <laughs> i uh i just for me it's like i want to see norm their normal lives i guess li- lives normalized to show uh, the very different aspects of being south asian than just like thinking about being south asian i don't know if that makes sense like oh i hate being indian you know i wanted beyond that like instead of talking about that everyday just show their lives in their day to day existence cuz uh, i want to just show How I want to see more uh, roles and shows and movies where everything is like you're just seeing. Them living their life essentially, these human beings, whatever they're going through, whether it's a comedy or a drama or a horror, I would love to see like South Asians in like horror movies and thriller, like chasing yeah. down the bad guys. I would love that. I'm telling you, like that is my next step as a filmmaker. Like I want to, I have, I mean, it's going to be not anytime soon, but I want to do another sister project with these guys where it's like blood and gore and murder and stuff. So that's the thing, like to show like. That's and it. like going out of just being Indian or South Asian and going to a more broader spectrum of just having normal stories told, but they just happen to be South Asian. <laughs> very,
2: very, very good. That's a
3: very good comment. So we do have a few questions. Let me just get rid of this.
1: <laughs> and, um, okay, so we have one. Uh, it says, do you plan to work in Indian cinema as well? Or have you done? I mean, I know that you know. Uh, Kankena K- has um, maybe Ria in um, Nihaya. Can talk about that. Uh, I want to. So I
3: uh, want to like do. Uh, are my industry not Bollywood, but like the? I'm from Kerala, so the Malayalam film industry. They make really amazing movies, and I they very character driven stories. So I actually do want to. I mean, eventually, not anytime soon. Like, there's a feature I'm working on that is bilingual. I mean, I'm writing it all in English, and I'm going to have my mom, like, help me translate, like, some of the dialogue into Malayalam. So, yes, I would uh, absolutely love to work in that industry. Yeah, very cool. Do they do do a lot of musicals, no?
1: Like, I've seen a lot of uh, their films. I don't know if it's older. You know, I could be mistaken. But uh, I love uh, when they all dance and they, they sing. Like, I love those films that I've seen. Have you, have you, uh, maybe are you interested in doing any musicals? That's a good
5: one. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well as an actor, um, because I am a dancer, yes, I am, you know, I think, you know, song and dance is a huge part of Bollywood. So I'm definitely open to that. Um, And I have worked uh, with um, filmmakers who are from India, where like uh, one of my projects was a Gujarati web series. Um, so that was like a wonderful experience, especially speaking in my mother tongue and doing something where I normally don't get to do that. Um, so I'm always open to opportunities within the Indian um, industry and, um, yeah. And, you know, as, as, an actor, like it's always lovely to work in, you know, not just one country, but in both countries. And for me, like three countries, cause I get Australia, US and India. So how, how grateful and fortunate I am. <laughs>
1: Definitely, definitely. Let me. um, Let's see. Oh, look at this one. How could I support you guys? well,
4: contribute. (laughs) (laughs) I know him. (laughs) Yeah, I am gonna Uh, send you the link. (laughs) Yeah, I know (laughs) him. He. I am gonna send you the link. (laughs) Uh, Abhay Dada, like you have to just pay like whatever you can and help us reach um eighty percent so that whatever we are making to make this film happen, uh. It's possible because every health matters. And after you contribute, I hope you do. If you don't, it's okay. You can just share this page and the link. I'll send it to you all over after this uh, live. And I appreciate you asking this. Uh, I'm going to keep you posted about this, that.
1: Very cool. Very cool. And I think you have, uh, that's a good thing. You have a lot of incentives. Uh, they don't just have to give, you know, a big amount. Uh, you could go small, you know, anything. Uh, helps uh yeah. filmmakers, so definitely, I know we have like a couple things here. 50, yeah, if 50, you want to briefly explain where the
2: money is going to if yeah, you're let's do that. curious, like, I want to help but where's the money essentially going towards? Yeah, I so- know, have it like
3: The money basically is for the production and post-production of the film. So I want to make sure my actors, my crew members, our equipment, they're all paid for to make sure their guys are fed very well. We're filming in peak summer, so lots and lots and lots of water bottles for sure. (laughs) And of course, for like COVID safety equipment, uh, we want to make sure everyone's safe and healthy. And then also for post-production, for like editing, sound, uh, color correction, and then we do i have submitted a lot of my movies to film festivals so i plan on doing like 100 for this more than 100 at least 100 so it goes into like for uh, fees and also of course like permits and insurance city permits and then uh, insurance and uh, yeah and some for contingency as well in case hopefully nothing goes wrong but in case (laughs) yeah very cool very cool well um Okay, this
1: is good. If there's anything that we miss, uh, same for the audience, please feel free to put it in the comments. Uh, I'm, uh, this lady's our own uh, social media. Uh, let me put up again, and just correct me if this is wrong, but I have Matea's website uh, where you can see uh, all the work she's done. Uh, Rhea, I have this one. And kinda uh, I'm not sure. I could have I can wonderful- send you...
4: I can send you my Insta handle or there is IMDB but oh, I'll just in the Insta. Yeah, I'll just type in the Insta right now.
1: Yeah, type it in and then I'll put it in
4: right let's see. I'm so bad that I have to look at my own yeah. handle because I've forgotten. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? <laughs> okay, let, me, let me put it in right
1: now. Instagram and what it? what is there? Just spell it
4: <laughs> I've sent it to you.
1: Copy oh, <laughs> <it is. laughs> Did you uh put it on the private message?
4: Yeah. I did, I did, yeah. Oh,
1: perfect. Let me do copy yeah. and paste. All right.
2: Yeah. That way it's right here and uh, paste it. Let's see. Official stuff. Yes! Yay! All right, so,
1: yeah. perfect. This is great. Um, and I mean, this was a great talk, and uh, and I really do appreciate uh all the uh the efforts to make this happen, uh, ladies. I know we are on different time zones, uh, different countries. Uh, you know, so this is uh this was a treat uh, for Scranton Talks. Uh, so we're very uh, yeah, happy. But before we leave. Last question, I promise.
2: Yeah. Question okay. we always, question have, always uh, ask. We always
1: ask <laughs> uh, our our filmmakers this question um, because we have yeah, the audience that you know we have novices and veterans uh, that are watching this. For someone who's just getting started, or maybe wants to get into this industry uh, as an actress, uh, director, writer, whatever it is. What would be the advice uh, you will give? Uh, something that maybe you should have known when you were younger, before you got into this, or anything that has uh, inspired you to keep going. Um,
3: so, who wants to do it first? Persistence. It's. I think persistence is like the most important thing because. Uh, When I started, like, I always wanted to be a writer. And then when I start uh, doing this uh, screenwriting, I thought, oh, I'm going to get a job right out of college. Everything's going to, like, magically fall into place. And uh, so, uh, but I mean, sometimes they do. I'm sure that there are, like, those stories as well. But I think even when it's hard and, like, rejection is going to happen, like, not everyone's going to like what you create. That is just everyone has taste and that's just life but no matter what you just have to keep going you just have to keep showing up i mean there have been many times where i'm like i don't want to do this anymore i want to give up and then uh had like my mom She always calls me she's like you know it's a hard profession but you have to do it you chose it and you have to keep going at it i'm like thank you thank you for that. no it's it's she's wonderful she's my my mom is the one my parents are amazing but yeah that point is that keep showing up for your dream. I think uh, no matter how hard it gets, I think as long as you make the effort every day uh, and show up for yourself. And like I also say, show up for my younger version i know that like eight-year-old or whatever ten-year-old they'll be very happy that i'm actually writing and that's what i'm pursuing and i didn't just like settle or give up so just every single day you have to show up and even when it's hard maybe cry talk it out with your friends or family therapists and then just show up keep doing it until it like the, you just need a one yes so just keep showing up very
2: good very good how about you uh go with you
5: I think something that inspires me to keep going, and um, I wish I'd learned this sooner, was um, being clear on your why or your purpose. Like, why are you an actor? Why are you a writer? Why are you a a creative? Um, Because, like Nuthier said, like you knowing your why and your purpose is what keeps you being persistent. And there's days where I am crying because I didn't book that job, or like I've been auditioning, and it's like, why isn't anything happening? I remind myself that why do I want to do this? Um, and that's, that's honestly what keeps me going. And it's so important because it is such a hard industry that you need to, you know, like when people do say like, if you can do something else, go ahead and do that. Like, I understand that. Uh, because so many people that love you will tell you like, are you sure you don't want to do something else? Are you sure? I'm like, no, I'm doing this because my why is X, Y, and Z. So, um, yeah, like I don't know, spend some time actually journaling or writing about what your purpose and what your why is for doing for
2: being an actor,
4: a filmmaker.
2: Know your why. I, okay. I
4: I I don't think I know my why yet. Well, what I, how yet? I don't know anything. Uh, I just feel like I I remember once Al Pacino was in our school and he had said one thing he had said keep doing it like don't sit and judge like oh is it worth it oh is it this oh is it giving me money it just keep doing it so like whatever comes your way, see at what stage you are. And if it's like making you learn something new, then just go for it and do it. Don't just sit there and think too many things because you're never gonna be satisfied. So like right after I graduated, I only used to do student projects and it's, it's like a small thing. And then at the end of the day, you realize that it's still a story that you're telling, regardless it's a student project or a, what is it, professional projects? Like I have cried working with professional studios But i was super happy working on student projects because that's where i felt that i was more connected and i was just telling the story i was doing more justice towards it and i just feel like keep observing because it's so interesting around you (laughs) that if you forget that you have issues (laughs) you'll be so immersed if you really observe people like you just go to a cafe take a cup of coffee and I'm saying this because I love Starbucks. But go sit in a cafe, take a cup of coffee and just observe. And you will have stories around you like there is no tomorrow. It's it's crazy. And you learn a lot and you'll just process. Observe and then process. Don't just like forget it. Process mm-hmm. about it. And I, that's what I say to every filmmaker even who writes to me that the how can I make it? How do I do? Go about it dream I mean I didn't even know what scenes were I just knew I love Amitabh Bachchan that's it (laughs) and I went crazy like if I wasn't selected for the college that I'd submitted I would be effed up in my whole freaking life (laughs) so just go for it and do not bring down anybody who says oh I'm a fan of this person because the word fan is only because you like some quality in the other person that you still don't have a vocabulary to explain And it's going to drive you through and you'll find what you love. Like, look at me. I'm a freaking living example. Who knew that I would be in this industry if I wasn't mad about this one man who had no idea that I was being mad about him. So it's pretty interesting. Just be open. Don't resist change. (laughs) Accept it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this is great.
1: This, uh, this great. is great advice. Know your why. You know, be able to talk about it. Don't give up. Uh, and just, uh, you know, uh, keep going, right? Uh, keep yeah. going and, and, and follow through. I think uh, I always tell everybody, you know, like, if you say you're going to do it, do it. Even if it doesn't come out exactly the way mm-hmm. uh, you said it was going to happen, you still did it, right? Um, so I will let Desiree close the program. But, ladies, uh, this has been... Very, very, very nice. Um, I am very happy that we were able to connect and please stay in contact. At Absolutely. the end of this, I'm going to show the uh, Ma. Is that how you pronounce it, right? Ma? Yeah. Ma. Mm-hmm. Your film. Yeah. That way uh, people can see uh, the work you have done and in, in, in sort of what you're basing it as well. Sort of like the dynamic uh, that you have in that film. It was beautifully done. Uh, mm-hmm. I really love that little kid. You know, She's like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> great, yeah, he's great. So, so great. everybody will be able to see that It is a seven minute film So please stick around on the uh, back end uh, Don't leave us uh, And then uh, we'll close that out But uh, go right ahead Desiree uh, Again yeah. ladies thank you so much
2: So thank you everyone thank thank So you. much for joining us tonight thank And I want to thank Katana, Nydia And Rhea for joining us In Los Angeles, in Australia We're so grateful for them to be here To talk about their project we have wonderful events coming up. Be sure to check out, we're having a special Star Wars Day talk with Daniel Roebuck on May the 4th. So any Star Wars fans out there, tune in at 7, 15 p.m. Eastern on our Facebook and YouTube channel. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you can't tell behind me. <laughs> but um, yeah, so follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can see any of these talks. If you can't make our lives, they are on our YouTube channel. And they live on Facebook as well. We also have a podcast, so you can listen to the talks on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And the Independent Film Creative Hub is here for you, here to help filmmakers reach their potential in becoming successful creative artists. Be sure to visit our website, ourcreativehub.com, and you can join our directory. It's free to sign up. Yes.
1: It is. All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to leave everyone with uh, your short film, but please don't leave because uh, uh, We just need to say goodbye. Bye. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
0: And thank you for joining us for this episode of the Scranton Talks podcast. I hope you enjoyed your time with us and be sure to check out our next episode where we celebrated May the 4th, Star Wars day. And we talked with a couple of big Star Wars fans, including myself of all things Star Wars. And we had a very special guest join us. Writer, director, producer, actor, film veteran, Daniel Roebuck joined us. So I hope you check that out. Be sure to to follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what we have going on with the Independent Film Creative Hub. And subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can see any of our previous talks right there in case you can't make the live broadcast. Be sure to check out our website, www.ourcreativehub.com where you can sign up to our directory, which is free. And we hope to see you again soon and stay creative.